Hey guys. Good morning. How are you? Happy Sunday today. Yeah. Welcome to Genesis Metro. Um, if you are new here, uh, we want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, we want to say hi to all the Genesis Metro members. We are missing you. Um, breaks my heart every week that we have to do this online. Yeah. Um, looking forward to... August 2nd, we're coming back. August 2nd, we're doing one service. Mm -hmm. um, we're asking you uh, to please uh, let us know. We sent out a survey. If you haven't filled that out, please do so, or you can just email us at info at genesismetro.org. Um, right now, I think we have about 100 people signed up to attend, plus the people that are going, their children that are going to be in childcare. So, yeah, GM Kidman is opening that day as well. And uh, we've got lots of plans for precautions. You know, mm -hmm. all of our volunteers will be masked and um, it's strongly encouraged for you to bring your own mask and wear it. Uh, we will have some GM uh, masks available that we've ordered and uh, we just want everyone to be safe, but we also want to be together because we do feel like, of course, it is very important that we're all concerned about our physical health and well-being and being very careful in this Corona season. But I think where Tim and I have gotten is, and we've covered it the last couple of weeks, is the emotional and mental health is, is also important. Spiritual. The spiritual connectedness and the spiritual health. So uh, we're going to meet as we feel like God has led us and we're gonna, we're, we're gonna do our very best um, to keep everyone safe. So we're excited about that. And uh, attendance is going to drive um, our services. Obviously we like to have two services because it gives people a chance to serve in one mm -hmm. and worship in the other. Right. And if you would like to help uh, serve and you're not currently serving, please let us know because we obviously are going to need volunteers as we ramp back up to church. And so, um, with that in mind, um, today's rock. Uh -uh, the... We're going to play a game first. Oh, that's right. All right. We have to wait on the verse. Okie dokie. What you got for I me? I mean, nobody, it's, it's Sunday fun day. We got to play a little game. Okay. I'm ready. Tim has not played this game yet. So I said, this is super fun. We're going to play it. It's called this or that. This or that. Right? Which, which would you, or however you would, this or that. Are you ready? I've never played this game before. All right. So and he doesn't know what I've chosen as the category. So okay. it's going to be his or raw. The first one is mountains or beach. What do you prefer? Mountains, mountains or beach? or beach. And you can answer too. Type in your answer um, online and let us know. Mountains or beach? Um, That's a hard one. I would say lake. Um, okay, sure. So I'd like to be fishing. Um, so if I, but I was, if you had to narrow it down to mountains or lake uh, or a beach, I, I would probably choose beach. Um, really? I like the mountains. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, but it's like you can only do so much when it's cold outside. But you, I, you don't love to lay on the beach no. for hours on end. No, I do not. Most people that go to the beach enjoy laying there all day. Yeah. I don't, but, I, but I don't like either. I mean, I like the mountains. But... I love the mountains. You don't want to hike? Uh, hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know which one I would pick. I love them both equally. All right. That's my personality, isn't it? All right. Um, would you rather do a crossword or a jigsaw puzzle? Like the puzzles that I've been doing. Crossword or actual puzzle? Um, again, this is my personality coming out right now. Um, I hate binary answers. Um, I like a crossword for my personal um, we do like enjoyment. We're old. Or we like between to us, but mm -hmm. like for our family involvement, I like puzzle. Okay. Well, the next oh, and another one I have is watching a movie or playing a game. Uh, almost always playing a game. Always. Tim is Tim loves a game. We love a good game. Well, to me. The way that I look at it is, 
when you play a game, you're interacting with people um, versus when you watch a movie, it's like you're in the same room, but what really are you doing? doing? And yeah. mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know that a lot of families are gonna like, you know what? We made a memory one time. We went out and we watched this movie, and that was like well, one of our favorite family. No, versus playing a game versus well, sure. Family Olympics. We do have a lot of fun mm-hmm. game memories. That's true. Okay, everyone already knows your answer to this, but iPhone or Android? Well, iPhone or Samsung? Well, iPhone or Google Phone? Well, yeah, I have a Google Pixel. Android or Apple? Um, because here we go. Let's hear it. Apple. Here we go. Makes it's called a walled garden. So they make you have one thing that can only interact with their thing, and so it's proprietary. Mm-hmm. And Android tries to say it's utilitarian, where other things can interact You're with like it. Like an open market, free market, free enterprise. Everyone's welcome. Well, it's a yeah, it's, yeah. That, that's a phrasing I would use, but okay. yeah, I, I like I like not have I like having a choices. I, I like having freedom, and Apple, there is no freedom. One more, last one. Hmm. Canes or Chick-fil-A? Ooh. What do you think? What's your answer on Canes or Chick-fil-A? Well, Canes is my mistress. Well, I mean, the sauce. Chick-fil-A. It's just, it's just the sauce. Chick-fil-A is, is like, it's like, you know, that's your steady girlfriend. And Canes is the mistress. She's <laughs> she's the one that I, I got to go back to. Wow. Yeah. That's. That's the steady girlfriend and then... (coughs) Yeah. Okay. The other thing about Cane's, if you don't know this, if you're not ordering your toast Bob style, you should be. It'll change your life. Butter on both sides. Butter on both sides. Bob style. Yeah. They know what it is. It's not on the menu, but it's good. And and maybe another reason... I mean, if you're already going to eat Cane's, you might as well get butter on both sides, right? See, see, this is what I'm talking about. When I say mistress, I feel (laughs) bad. I feel bad when I go to Cane's. I don't, for whatever reason, I think of Chick-fil-A as more healthy. It's not. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. But when I go to Cane's, I'm like, I know I'm making a bad choice. But that is what Chick-fil-A wants you to believe, too. That's what their marketing is that they're healthy. And they're so nice. Every time I go there, they're so nice. And there's several workers there that have been in our student group. And they're like, hey, Pastor Bourne. Hey, Pastor Tim. Oh, oh, hey. Hey. Tim. So nice. All right, there you go. So nice. So let's get into our rock for today. The rocks cry out. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. I'm going to segue right into it. Okay. The rocks cry out. We're in a sermon series. As you know, um, the land that we've purchased on El Dorado, just to catch you up if you're watching and you're like, where'd they get this from? Um, we purchased a piece of land on El Dorado and Briar Ridge, right over here near our house. I keep pointing to it. And last year, I believe it was last year, about a year ago, we did a push. Of, we noticed on the land, on this 12 acres that we own, there was a lot of just natural rock everywhere. Some really big ones and some medium-sized ones. And it, it really reminded us as we were kind of walking and praying and looking at everything that there's a lot of references to rocks in uh, the Bible. And sometimes God would say, God would tell them like, hey, take that rock, take that stone. I want you and your kids to remember this forever, that this stone is going to test, is going to like testify that I did this for you, mm-hmm. that I provided, that your kids will never forget this story. And this stone will live as a remembrance of that. So mm-hmm. that was the inspiration of hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could tell everyone, if you want to, as you're driving by, stop by the land, go get a rock that your family is going to dedicate to the Lord, write your favorite scripture on it or whatever God has done for you, bring it to the church, and we're going to dedicate 
what God is going, what he has in and what he's going to do on the land. So that's where the rocks cry out kind of came from. Because these rocks have been there at the front of the church for a year. And they, they, they are just kind of sitting there mm -hmm. waiting for the day when they'll be at home on Eldorado. And, mm -hmm. and they really have so much, so many powerful messages written on them and inscribed on them. As we are sitting in corporate worship, I'm, I'm often looking at them and noticing a verse that I, I relate to or I remember. And it's just this beautiful thing that we have up there. And, and they can become a prop kind of sitting there. And we wanted to call attention to the powerful messages and verses that are written on these and how God has spoken to so many families at GM and will continue to. So that's where this whole sermon series idea came from was the rocks cry out. So we're choosing messages from the rocks. You'll see a picture of one come up um, that we want to expound on and just create some messaging and, and talks on. So today is first Corinthians. Take us there. Yes. Um, first Corinthians 15 is uh, often referenced as the, one of the end times um, types of uh, passages that deal with the resurrection and um, giving you a loose uh, timeline. The Bible says that one day death will be swallowed up in victory and mm -hmm. then the dead in Christ, those that have passed away, will rise first and those that are alive will be caught up uh, to be with him, often referred to as the rapture. And so um, the Apostle Paul, um, the backdrop of today's verse is going to be him um, opining on when that occurs. And so we're going to read that. And the reason why it's important, the verse is 58, but the backdrop is going to be important for us to understand the verse. And so he says in verse 50, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, um, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. So there he's saying that we as sinners, because of the taintedness of our flesh, um, the Bible says that because Adam sinned, death passed upon all men. Therefore, this body cannot inherit the kingdom of God because no sinful thing can dwell in the presence of God. Ergo, a transformation, a metamorphosis um, must occur in order for me to go into eternity with God. And that's when he's completing our salvation and so our salvation at the point of belief um, was started but while we're in this this body um, it cannot be perfected because our sinful body cannot be saved therefore it has to pass away so that's when he says the word perishable so he says the imperishable will be put on so imagine like clothes that I'll take off this tent this this outer covering and I will put on a new body um, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. That's referring to death. Um, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. Notice, happens fast. At the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed. And these are obviously referring to the believers. Um, for the perishable must clothe itself in the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Mm. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality then the saying that is written old testament death has been swallowed up in victory where O death is your victory where O death is your sting the sting of death is sin the power of sin is the law that's the thing that finds us guilty mm -hmm. uh, because if we offend or if we sin then we become guilty before god 
And he's saying that the, the reason why we die and the reason why death happens, really the reason why all suffering and bad things happen, is because of the fallenness of men and sin. He says the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But, oh, I love that the Apostle Paul doesn't finish it with the hopelessness. He says, but thanks be to God that he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that means that we have the ability to overcome the situation that sin has left us in. The permanence of sin, the cost of sin, is eternity apart from God. We would call that a place called hell. But God did not want us to go to hell. He did not want us to perish forever. He wanted us to live. And so he made a way. And that was through his son. And so Paul is saying, when we put our trust and faith in Christ, we have the ability to have victory over sin, but more importantly, over the consequence of sin, the ultimate consequence of sin, which is death. And so that is the backdrop that Picasso is painting here, the Picasso Paul. Um, and in verse 58, it says, therefore, our rock verse, and mm. uh, let us know if this is your verse, by the way, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, in light of the perishable putting on the imperishable, the mortal putting on immortality, therefore, in light of sinners becoming saved, that which was headed toward hell is now headed toward heaven. In light of these things, he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. There's going to be four statements here. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not in vain. Mm. Oh, Four great statements. Oh, Which one do you want to take? Oh, well, let's talk about the stand firm. That's the first thing he says. And we um, really probably can connect the first two statements. Stand firm and let nothing Don't let them, you. right, obviously you have to stand firm. But we, we were talking earlier about that. And, you know, it's, 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 it's less about, because the opposite of don't let anything move you is moving around a whole bunch. You know, so at first glance, you might take it that way. But if you take it from the first statement, stand firm, my, my version that I'm reading says be steadfast. Um, if you marry that together with immovable, don't let anything move you, well, that, that creates a little different picture um, when something is sort of coming upon you or there's something a force. Is, there's a force around you that is that is causing movement. You know, how do we, I mean, this word steadfast, that's like steady. How do you remain steady? How do you, how can you be proactive in that moment mm -hmm. to not be moved? Um, so take us through like, you know, we were talking about like an NFL player. I think about an NBA player, just like as soon as someone touches him, he wants right. to foul. So he just falls to the ground right. and flails, you know, or he has the option to stand there and do his job and be a post. But on the football field, we were talking about that. So yeah, there's a stance of steadiness. There's an athletic ready position. Um, universally, if you put your feet together and lock your knees out, um, there's no way you can withstand a pressure coming against you, a force coming against you, a hit coming against you. Um, but if you spread your feet shoulder width apart and you lower your uh, back end and then you have your center of gravity with your weight uh, mm -hmm. towards the front of your feet, then when an impact occurs, you can hold your ground. And so here the Apostle Paul saying that there are forces that want to move you. And I don't think that this is going to be a revelation to anyone. Right. That everyone watching right now 
and the two people that are sharing it with you right now, we know for a fact that there are always forces that are trying to move you off of the spot Absolutely. that God has for you. Mm -hmm. And um, really, if we, if we broke it down mm -hmm. and we thought, like, how does that practically play itself out? I think that for a, we, we often talk in terms of personality types at Genesis Metro um, because it's, it's easy because everyone can relate to one of these four humors of personality, four types of personality. And some personality types break it down even further, but you can, you can basically, all the way back to uh, the Socratic uh, philosophers times, they broke it down into four types. That's how long, it goes back thousands of years. Yeah. But um, there's one personality type that is susceptible to pride um, and arrogance. And so you can think about the Apostle Paul telling this personality type, hey, be steadfast and don't be moved. Well, what's trying to move them? They might be, they might be motivated um, uh, or they started off right and then they became motivated by their own pride. Um, they want to succeed. They want to do great things, but not for God so that their name could be made great. Um, whereas we have to fight against that if you're of that like personality, it's like we might call them type A. Um, yeah. They care more about winning uh, than they do about anything else. And so you have to say, well, is it my name that I want to make great or is it God's name that I want to make great? And they can, you can be a great leader, but it can't be for you. It has to be for the kingdom. It has to be for the God of the kingdom. And so that's a force that might work on that personality type. Um, and that's, that's my personality type, by the way. <laughs> and so then there's um, an I personality type. What do you think some forces um, that, that go against the, the person that's more like the influencer, creative, maybe life of the party? Well, I think, I think for, for that personality, I think if it's not entertaining, if it's not enjoyable, if there's not going to be people there that I like, if, um, if it's no longer, you know, uh, if, if I don't feel like I am liked, if I feel any insecurity, um, because eyes love to be liked mm -hmm. and they like to have fun and they like everything to kind of be like, uh, easy. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think the, that, that would be a challenge to, to come up against difficulty or people that are hard, mm -hmm. people that are difficult, people that aren't like in your fan club naturally, Maybe confrontational. um, uh, confrontational. But I think that could be more of an S thing too, you yeah. know, because they're, we'll get to uh, those. There's yeah the those those two personalities kind of flow together but you know that speaking of let's move on is um, there's another personality that hates conflict and will avoid it at all cost you know self-sacrificing to the last dying breath in yeah. order to maintain peace in and, the room or peace at home and so they might be motivated conflict. by by fear though yeah um, that they would have to deal with conflict because they want things to be steady. And so instead of standing in faith, they, right. they might be saying, well, I'm fearful if I do this, then this, and this, and this, and this. And so instead of consulting their faith and saying, well, if God led me, though, if God told me, mm -hmm. um, if God confirmed it, if I solicited spiritual authority in my life and we went through that process, yeah. then I can't be consumed in fear about what might happen. And so they have to step out in faith. Um, because the cost of these other personality types, which we'll get to the last one in just a moment, is that if you're letting any other force move you off of God's will for your life, then it's going to cost you opportunities. Um, the last personality type is a C personality type, and uh, that's the person who's 
more organizational, um, rule, rule driven. They want to know what the plan is mm -hmm. and they could start allowing, um, there's a phrase that say they analyze till they paralyze. Yeah. I, I would say though, they might criticize till they paralyze. They might scrutinize, um, until they paralyze. But in all of those scenarios, they are, they are saying that they're having a hard time trusting people trusting God even. And so they might hold people hostage saying, I need more information before I can decide. And man, a lot of times Jesus didn't give you extra information. Right. <laughs> he gave you just enough. just enough information. And so you could yeah. see if you were an information driven person, like, uh, but where are we going? Drop your nets and follow, and follow me. me. <laughs> you want to go? You want to go? And a C personality might be like, well, I can't. I like, are we talking like a week? I mean, how many bags do I need to pack? I mean, is there, is there going to be transportation? Is right. meals provided? You know, and it's like, are you going to miss the opportunity? Right. And I, and I, I think whenever we're, you know, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to one of those, like, oh, that kind of described me. And, and so when we're, when we're going through life, sometimes, when we're making decisions, there's lots of different options that could be the right one, right? It doesn't always have to be this complicated thing where there's one answer in a million that you have to choose or you're gonna get it wrong. Um, and, and I think, you know, we generally make decisions based on what God's, what God's word leads us to is, um, is within his purview. But when we're talking about God has put you on a mission somewhere, that's a little bit of a churchy term, but when God has given you a purpose, he's called you to something, or he's asked you to be a part of something, or he's led you to be a part of a team, or he's um, led you to really pursue someone and make sure they're doing okay. Maybe they're going through a hard time. Whatever it is that God has said, hey, I want you to do this, and you know he has without a shadow of a doubt, when you get into that realm and that mode that's when this is really important mm -hmm. it's the whole steadfast and steady and uh standing firm and so when when you say athletic ready i think you know it's like the spiritually ready thing like i've got one foot slightly in front of the other i'm in a slightly squatted position my hands are up and this is what i think of i think of like watching the nfl combine or something you can tell i'm a boy mom and like seeing them on the field you've ever like, watched the nfl combine i've watched bits and pieces okay. when i'm cooking and right. you guys are in the room but you know i i think about if we take that picture spiritually speaking and like am i in a stance where i'm ready for whatever force is coming against me because what i know is my own personality my own flesh is going to trip myself up right you're battling that constantly the apostle paul just talked about it in the verses above that we're in this we're in this perishable body where we've got this mortal skin flesh on us we're we're always going to battle that internally until the day that we are with jesus and we can take all that stuff off and we're with him so when we when we're standing there with what god has told us if we're standing spiritually speaking in a position where we're looking at the ground we're slumped over we're checking our watch we're checking the phone we're not ready we're 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 not if, if you're not paying attention to the forces around you and your stance is one that's passive instead of like athletic active ready 
that's when I think we are easily moved mm -hmm. is those forces then can take over because we, we weren't in a position to be ready. We weren't ready. Mm -hmm. We weren't in even a position where we could have stood firm if we wanted to, mm -hmm. because we hadn't, we didn't have the stance. We weren't ready for it. You know what watching. I, you know what I heard in my brain just now, whenever you said that, um, a person that would be in the opposite position that isn't ready, that it wouldn't take a crashing wave to move them, right? It could be a whisper. Yeah. Uh, How many people have ever been well, moved by a whisper? And mm -hmm. gosh, you know, we always want to. The Bible talks about, you know, we need to test, test the spirits. We need to be make sure, sure for me. Make sure that the message is yeah. from God. And there's some yeah. pretty crazy Old Testament stories about real prophets of God, but lied to other prophets and then had grave consequences. And so, um, yeah, we have to make sure that we're hearing from God. And he says, Ready stance. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Ooh. Now, um, the Apostle Paul obviously, I think, has great credibility because we know that he did it. Um, and again, let's take that phrase, put it up against the backdrop. Stand firm. Don't let something move you. Give yourself fully. Why? Because you want the people that are perishing to find the imperishable. Mm -hmm. You want the people that are in the darkness to find the light. You want the people that are feeling hopeless to be able to have hope that is anchored, mm -hmm. that, is, that is going to be steadfast, that's going to draw them into eternity because their relationship is based upon a guarantee of God not by human will or effort. So when you think about it like that, like eternity is in the balance for people, I think that that's why the Apostle Paul says, give yourselves fully. There, there's, not a, there's, not a, there's not a place to follow God in the 20 percentile, in the 40th percentile. Hmm. That if it is eternity Good. that's in the balance, yeah. there's nothing that could be more important than salvation for lost people. There's nothing that could be more There's nothing that. that's more important. And it's easy to get distracted, you know, when, when we have so many things going on. Like right now we're in the middle of this global pandemic, right? And we can get so fixated on the details and the articles and the static, you know, all, all the, uh, the statisticians that are out there pro proliferating on all the things that we should be aware of and scared of and fearful. And just if we just take the global pandemic alone, that can become this whole distraction. That's just one thing. It could be that your job has changed or your finance, finances have changed as a result of that. And so then you become so focused on that thing that you don't have anything left. One of the things that Tim and I try to do in our marriage is make sure that we have enough energy left at the end of the day for each other or make room in the day for that to happen, you know, that we're all that we have this companionship where he's a priority, I'm a priority in the in the 24 hour time period there there is some time and energy devoted to this relationship. And if we think about this phrase, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, you know, that tells me that in every season we're in, there is a way for us to have enough time and energy left mm. to be able to devote that to God, to be able to make him a priority, make his purposes, make his church a priority, those kinds of things. And, and I, might, I, might, I might phrase that even a little differently, though. I might say, I might say like, make, have enough time left. Sure. I'd probably, I hear, yeah. I'd probably prefer to yeah. say... Yeah. I would say that if you put God first, 
you'll always have enough time. If you well. order your life with that as the number one, then you'll have time for the things that you need to do. That is so true. Because one wise woman told us in college, do you remember hmm. this? Yeah, Verna Baker. Verna Baker, I'll never forget this. She said, you have time for what you want to have time for. Mm -hmm. So, mm. whoa, that's good. Oh, shut it down. Time for what you have time Call for. Call me a taxi. Because one of the things um, I try to be careful of is like, Harry, how, Carrie, how's it going? Da, da, da. And I try to always make sure my answer is not, oh, I've just been busy. You know, it's just busy. Life is busy. Everyone's busy. That is not, I don't have like this unique situation situation that I'm busier than someone else or everyone else and I think we get into this mindset where we're I mean I would say before March one of the things that's been great about this season is that people have been able to analyze where their time and energy and effort is spent and what is redeeming about those things and what needs to be cut out or tweaked mm -hmm. and so when we're talking about this is a, what a timely word for us in the middle of this is to order that to help us further investigate are we ordering that you know ordering our lives around where god has planted you in a church ordering your life around does he want me to serve ordering your life around do i need to invest in that life group ordering your life around you know do do i need to serve more something ordering your life around god priorities instead of the other way around i love that you redirected that well so good. and and even from from a time perspective if you don't have time to fully commit yourself to the work of the Lord, yeah. Now I think something's askew. Yeah. I think I think that would be a a place that you gotta start and say, Well, what does that mean? Well, and here in Frisco and North Texas, let's just say there are so many things competing for our time. Right. And, and it's hard to it's hard to decide what thing needs to go. Well how how see how again that? again the way that I look at that is if the first thing is the right thing, then it defines. So, like, imagine you have a, um, a pie chart, okay? And you start saying to yourself, well, I got to devote time to this. I got to devote time to this. I got time to this. I got time to this. I got to devote time to this. I got practices over here, and I got uh, this over there, and I got whatever works demanding so much. And so if you divide your pie chart like that, when you get through with it, you won't have any room left. That's just the way that it is. Sure. No, you won't. Because it's the same way with your finances when it comes to tithing. Absolutely. It's the same way with your, your kids. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If you, you'll be dominated by what you feel about your priorities. Um, but if you start off saying, okay, I'm giving God the center part first. Right. And then the next decision I'm going to make is how does jobs are going to be number one that's time taker of people right gotta gotta make money gotta so make a living. You, the bible says you have to work it yep. says that he does not work does not eat um so yeah god has a high principle on work so but is my work for god right and if it's for god then you can be that light you can be devoting yourself to the work of the lord while you're at work right it, it should be right. that your work is something yeah. that is yeah. devoted to the lord and when people compartmentalize, that's where they make that mistake. Absolutely. And so yes. then their their work, their profession becomes the slave or becomes the master and they become the slave to that master. And so then it's like, oh, I'm trying to find time for God because the work 
that they're doing hasn't been dedicated to God. Right. And so I'd say that you have to decide that God's the first priority. Uh, really, not even the center of the pie. God, ha God owns the pie. And so if he owns the whole, then he'll, he'll direct me in my paths. And if I don't have time to do the work of the Lord, then I would say you should be willing to lay everything aside until you get to the place that you can do the work of the Lord. Yeah. And yeah. there's not a job out there, because I know people have done all kinds of jobs sure. that yeah. are still devoted to the work of the Lord. Right. And they're working much harder and much longer than some of the people that say that they don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a a time issue. I think it's a heart issue. Absolutely. Yeah. So when we're making those decisions on what activities we're going to be involved in outside of work and all the things outside of school and da, 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 you know, I, I think for us, for the borns, what we've done is, you know, well, this is the priority. This is what we're going to do first. And then if we can fit that sport in and that works within that, or activity, then we'll do anything. it. Well, anything, sport, activity, you know, yeah, sure. There's all kinds of things, right? We live in North Texas where you can virtually have your kids involved in anything that you want to have them involved in. Archery, dance, gymnastics, football, baseball, anything, anything. So when you're deciding those things, it's like you're, there's, for us, what we've done is that's there's always been a top priority, and if that fits in that, and it doesn't stress our family out to like the nth degree where we're all fried, then we can do that. But the moment that it crosses over where that thing is messing with what we know God purposed for our family, we have to cut that out. Mm -hmm. And we've had to make hard decisions through the years on those things for the born family activities um whether we're in ministry or not really is irrelevant yeah it's what god wants for us so and, anyway. and what's going to be more redeeming um devoting yourself fully to the work of the lord mm -hmm. or running yourself ragged um yeah. trying to get your kid to be a pro baseball player or a pro whatever player you know right. i i want my kids to fully develop their talents and but i think that there's not one at the cost of the other i don't think that that's the case sure um it said Verse, the last phrase, he says, because you know that your labor is not in vain. Ooh, oh, my goodness. That's good. The work that you're doing, holding a sign in our parking lot, <laughs> keeping the kids in the midst of a COVID pandemic crisis. Checking on all your life group members. World's coming to an end. Staying connected to people. Yeah. Uh, giving 10% of your income away. Those things are not in vain. Because I can show you the faces that are sitting out there any given week. I can go around my neighborhood and show you the people that have gone through all kinds of difficulties. That labor is not in vain. No, it's not. That it's labor not. is not in vain. Every those time those sacrifices that we might mm -hmm. stay out till three o'clock in the morning talking with someone that's on the ledge, uh, whether it's suicide or divorce or a kid who's gone astray, that's not in vain. No, that's not in vain. It's like little drops that you're uh, you're putting out for the kingdom, where God is. You know, you're gonna like you're gonna drop that seed, and what He's gonna do is, you know, Paul has a great verse uh, that he's talking about. You know, I might have planted something, and Apollos, Apollos, my friend, watered it, but it was God that 
caused mm -hmm. it to grow. It was God that gave mm -hmm. the increase. Mm -hmm. So when we're when we're thinking about your labor's not in vain, a, a, a friend sent me a verse this week that said, you know, I thought of you and I wanted to pray this over you and Pastor Tim this week as, hey, though the vision tarry, wait just for it. hold on, wait for it because it's coming. And, and that helped me this weekend when I thought of this verse and I thought, you know, you might be serving God, working for God, really purposed your life after what he wants for you um, in so many different layers and ways and just feel like, hey, where is he? Like, I don't really see anything happening. Well, I thought I was doing everything right, but I don't, I'm not sure. Well, and, and when you get the, the result and it's not what you wanted it to be, I think you could fixate on that result. Yeah. But that's not the end game is that yeah. all the seeds that go out aren't going to produce right but you're not fighting for the one that is failing you're fighting for the one that's going to produce and you mm -hmm. have to plant all the seeds in order to get the production um, of let's say a 30% increase a right. 30, 30 fold return on your efforts and it's the same thing in sales you, you don't go out going on sure 100 sales calls and think oh I'm gonna close 98 of them right you know you might right. close you know, 30 of them. 30%. Anyone that's ever done a cold call situation where well, you get hired to make cold calls, you any, know that's true. In any business. But yeah. you yeah. you got to fight through. It's like mm -hmm. it's like you if you're in marriage, it's not you're going to say um, seven days out of the week, it's going to be great. Yeah, every day is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Romantic love story. We're never going to disagree. And that's not true. That's not reality. And so yeah. you're still going right. to, to fight for the days that are going to produce. Mm -hmm. And if you don't fight through the days that don't produce, right. you're not going to get to the ones There's that do like produce. There's like toil and sweat equity involved in that, right? Well, and that leads to our yeah. final um, illustration in Psalm 126. I was reminded of this as I was preparing. He says in Psalm 126 verse 4, O Lord, and I feel like this is true for our church. Mm -hmm. This is true for our city. This is true for our state and our country. O Lord, restore our, our well-being just as the streams mm -hmm. in the arid south are replenished. Think about that. He's saying, just like you take the drought that has made a desert and you allow the stream to flow again, and thus it is renewed and it's replenished, he's asking for that to occur in his life. Man, Oof. I don't know if you need mm. to be replenished or renewed well, the whole thing, I mean, even, you know, just the wording, restore our well-being. Mm. I think when we, you know, the whole idea that Texas might get shut down again, and we're all talking about this constantly, and what does this all mean? And, you know, some people are throwing out end times, and, oh, the world's going to, all these things, like, we're just, we're in this state where, you know, we all are recovering from COVID, and we're, we're fine now. We're completely fine. But, you know, when that all first started three weeks ago, it felt like a big punch in the face. You know, it felt like, and we've described this the last couple of weeks, but to, to read that phrase, restore our well-being. God, he is paying, you know, pay attention to my well-being, to how I feel, how I operate, what I'm doing tomorrow and the next day and the next. Be over that already in front of it for me. It's that whole restore my well-being. So I've lost a little bit of it and I need you to put it back. Mm -hmm. 
And or I, I think, spent a little bit of it. I think that's the hard part. And and then the whole idea of this desert situation, you know, that the streams and the arid desert south, let them be replenished. So where it is dry, cracked ground, restore that to a good soil that can mm. produce some fruit. Mm. That's what it looks like to me when I read that. So verses 5 and 6, he says, those that shed tears as they plant will shout for joy oh. when you reap the harvest. Oh. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Man. The one who weeps as he walks along carrying mm -hmm. his bag of seed will certainly come in with a shout of joy carrying she carrying his sheaves of grain. Um, now listen to that. He the the person who is a farmer that is planting for their harvest, that is their source. That's their sustenance. Like without this crop coming in, they don't get to make it to the next season. They don't get to put food on the table. They don't get to provide for their children mm -hmm. or their families. So they're out there if they don't scatter that praying seed in brokenness uh, yeah. as they're throwing these seeds out. It wasn't like they could uh, use all the technology that farmers use today. Sure. Uh, they got tractors now with a GPS. They literally <laughs> punch a button and it goes it out there and plows the field them. for hours. Yeah. Um, this is a, a guy with a bag of seed and throwing it and praying is literally tears are coming down because they're asking God, please, mm. please bless this uh, for my family. Please God. And I bet you've been there. Yeah. Whatever situation it be, you're throwing your prayer out as a, a seed that you're planting in the ground and saying, please God. And he says mm. the person who sows with that brokenness. Is coming a day where the fruit comes up out of that ground and you shout. When mm. when when it's when you had to plant Man. the last you had and then hope for the best and trust God with it, when you finally see it, that's a shout. Well, and I think if we can always remember that it's okay to be broken while you're doing the work of God. I think you, you know? need to be broken. You, yeah, I mean, it's not only okay, it's it's almost like a necessary part of the equation because coming at this in, in any sort of way of like, oh, I have it figured out, I have a plan, I'm educated, I have this and that, and I'm, I'm astute and I'm competent and I can handle it and I don't need help and I've got it. You know, all of those things really land us in an isolated place of brokenness anyway mm. and coming at it with if you've been through something with god where you've had to cry uncle so to speak and go okay i relent okay i'm i'm yours i take it all if you've ever been in that place it's coming to that i mean just the picture of someone shedding tears as they plant for their life mm -hmm. I think when I there's humility in there's that. humility in that is I don't really know what's going to come up from this that I'm sowing out here that I'm planting but I know that my job today is to do it anyway mm -hmm. and God is going to do the rest Trust and him. in this I don't have the answer for what that is but God I'm trusting that you're going to and 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 the whole idea that in the middle of planting and shedding tears while you're planting, there's um, there's some pain involved in that. It's, it's not always easy. The word toil has been thrown around a little bit and that it's, it's work, it's hard. Something's been taken from you. It's a dry season and you're in a dry place. But those who shed tears 
as they plant, mm. they will come up shouting. I know that we have some worship songs that really allude to this. There's even, uh, there's a great song called There's a Cloud that says, has this, this is where they got the line from. Mm. You know, that you, you, you might be sowing in sorrow, but tomorrow it's going to mm. be a different story. And that's, that's where this takes me is. If we, if we think back to 1 Corinthians 15, 58, that said, don't move, mm. stand firm, be ready, have a ready stance. Your labor's not in vain. Then, and your labor's not in vain. Then when we think about Psalm 126 and marrying those together is, hey, in the middle of my planting, while I'm tears are coming down my face, I'm weeping, it's, it's making tracks in the dirt-stained face that I've got. In the middle of that, I'm spiritually ready. Mm. I got a stance and I'm ready for whatever it is that's coming through that field that day. And that that harvest is worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth You got to plant in order to harvest. And that's a delayed gratification so, right there. Absolutely. There's a, there's and there's a, a trust. You got to trust in the middle. Right. God has always put it out there that there's a place in your journey that is always going to be in a, in a cycle. And that is, here's the word. You go plant my word. Mm. And so then you plant the word and that's his work. And so now you are doing the work, whatever you're doing, taking the weeds out, you know, making sure that the critters don't get in there. There's all this work that's done in between. But, but in the meantime, that seed that was his word to you has been planted in the ground. Right. And then you have faith that he's going to grow something out of that. And so you don't get to see it right now. Right. Nobody plants a tree and goes out the next day and is like, well, I thought there'd be apples out yeah. here. It no. takes a minute. It takes a minute. It takes yeah. a while. There's and, something about that season of And you've got to trust. Mm -hmm. You've got to trust. Now, will he do things along the way? Yes. While you're waiting? Yes. Will he confirm, affirm? Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but you you're going to have, to, you're gonna have some discouraging days in the middle of that, sure. too. And I think that's, that's the scary part. Those days of discouragement when you are waiting and there's a delay to that and it's not instant. In the middle of that, there are forces that are going to come against you to try to push you off, get you off course, distract and discourage you from what that God wants you to continue planting, continue planting because your work is on in vain and mm. it's worth it. Mm. 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 So good. Mm. Good stuff today. Yeah. I hope that that was encouraging for you.